Welcome to another edition of the All Things Bama podcast, powered by BamaCentral.com. I'm your host, Tyler Morton, and thank you again for joining me, listeners, on this episode. This is the Friday episode of the All Things Bama podcast. We were joined earlier in the week by former Alabama walk-on Lawson Schaefer. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. And today is our staff episode. I am joined by BamaCentral.com writer Joey Blackwell. Joey, great to have you back on here. Um, really excited about what we're going to try for this episode. We're going to talk about a little housekeeping stuff, and then we'll get into our draft of the All Saban Era team, where me and you will pick, uh, go by each position, and we will pick one player from the Saban Era era to uh, see who has the best team. Man, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, same. Uh, when you first proposed this idea to me, I, I got pretty excited because, you know, there's not a lot going on right now, but uh, this will be like fancy football starting off back up again. <laughs> oh, totally. I miss that, man. I miss that a lot, uh, you know, because I was I was doing fantasy basketball, too, and I was gearing up to do fantasy baseball. So when everything shut down, it's like, man, no more fantasy sports at all. Yeah, I still haven't gotten into fantasy baseball yet, but I just feel like that would be that would be very overwhelming. But I, I was I was thinking about giving it a try this year, but. I guess maybe they'll have like a half if the season ever gets started. Maybe they'll have a half season league or something. I can you know dip my feet in, dip my toe in, and try. <laughs> yeah, speaking of sports, optimism continuing to grow. Uh, you know, PGA Tour just announced they're coming back in uh, the middle of June. They're going to have no fans to start for the first four events, and they're going to see where it goes from there. And a lot of optimism about when sports are coming back. So really good news on that front. I know the president. Um, he had a couple. He had a press conference today, uh, giving his guidelines for um, Reopening America. So, listeners, if you want to stay up to date, um, watch these press conferences, go read that. Um, lots lots of optimism, optimism to go around. But, Joey, first, let's go to the hardwood. And uh, last, uh, let's just see, that was Wednesday night. Um, Jalen Forbes announced he would be in the transfer portal, uh, put his name in there. And, uh, you know, he is, you know, because Alabama getting this, this signing class here they just got on Wednesday – um, they got five guys, and just for the numbers, you there had to be a couple odd guys out, and Jalen Forbes is one of those guys, the first one to fall. Um, what were your thoughts on that move? Well, it's sad to see Forbes leave, but at the same time, you know, it, he was a former, you know, was a four-star recruit, but last season he he averaged roughly, I think, just over ten minutes a game. He only scored about two point seven points per game. Uh, in various ways, and it's sad to see him go. But at the same time, with the the five players that Oates has coming in, it is, you know, likely that Forbes might not have you know a lot of time on the court in games. So it makes sense to me that he would want to transfer. You know, like I said, he is a, a four star recruit, so um, you know I'm sure he could get action elsewhere and you know play more minutes and you know make a bigger impact. You know, and Oates has talked about how players, you know. If it's not the right place for them, and make you know they'll do everything they can to help to get them to a spot where they need to be, even if it is on another team. So, like I said, sad to see Forbes go, but at the same time, you know it frees up another roster spot for these for these new guys that you know Alabama just signed this week. Yeah, uh, one of the things I remember Jalen Forbes for the most, you know, he kind of got thrown into the fire um, with all the injuries and just you know the 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 time he had to play. You know, obviously. Um, you know, probably I'm not going to, I obviously wasn't too much for him. Um, but you know, he adjusted at times 
And, you know, NATO's mentioned today on teleconference, he's looking for somewhere where we can have a bigger, more significant role. And the reason why he'll be better at his next stop is because of the lessons he learned in Tuscaloosa. And the, the moment that I'll most remember him for is the Auburn game. Um, the three threes he made, 11 points. That was his season high. And the one he hit that was a four-point play. Um, he hit the three, then he got fouled um, to, to really, you know, help that comeback. Obviously, Alabama fell in the end. But um, that was one of my favorite memories of Jalen Forbes. Uh, but, you know, one of those guys who helped instill the culture that um, NATO's wants. Exactly. And, um, you know, he joins Raven Hawkins. They're both leaving now. And um, he does exhibit that blue-collar style of play. You know, he helped kind of, along with players like Beetle Bolden and Herbert Jones, you know, they helped cement that culture here at Alabama. And uh, I'm sure he'll be using that tape, you know, from I'm sure at least uh, recruiters from other schools that are seeing his name in the portal. I'm sure they'll take a look at that Auburn game and hopefully that'll help him out find a spot somewhere else. Yeah, you know, he chose Alabama coming out of high school from Mississippi. He chose Alabama over like places like Murray State, UAB, Ole Miss, Kansas State. So I'm interested to see if he falls back into mid-majors like UAB or Murray State. Um, but Raymond Hawkins actually announced earlier on Thursday that he would be making his commitment on April 22nd. So um, we'll, we'll, have, we'll probably have a little nugget on that on the site um, whenever he does announce that. Uh, but be on the lookout, listeners, for that as well. And then just real briefly before we get into this draft, Joey, on this signing class, Nate Oates, full, first full cycle as coach in Tuscaloosa. Um, who are you most looking forward to seeing on the hardwood? That is a big question. Um, <laughs> uh, if, if I had to narrow it down, I'd probably say I'm really excited about uh, about Josh Primo, you know, the five-star out of, out of, out of Canada. I believe that he's going to have a, a big impact. I think I think all of these players are going to have a, a decent impact from day one. Um, you know, Yale grad transfer Jordan Bruner is coming in. You know, Nate Oates has gotten some big men to come in, which is good. You know, he was listing the heights of, of these guys. I think he went six seven, six eight, six nine. You know, there's and and you know a couple other players that are you know even even taller than that. And so, you know. Bama over the past few years has had guys that are maybe a little bit smaller. We have some tall guys, but on average, we seem to be a little bit smaller than some of the big juggernaut programs are. And so having that length and having the bigger guys will really help. Um, Bruner was kind of a surprise to me coming into Alabama, you know, coming from Yale. Um, He's pretty much, uh, if not the best uh, grad transfer um, player out there and committing to Alabama. I think Oates did a fantastic job. This is his you know, this is really his first season that he's had a whole um, a, a lengthy amount of time to recruit. Of course, he got a couple of recruits, you know, last minute last year, like Jaden Shackelford, um, who had a huge impact in his first season. And I can't wait to see all all five of these guys on the court, you know, come this fall. Yeah, I agree with you on Primo. I think Joe, I mean, obviously just an elite score. Um, Oates was really complimentary of his passing ability. Um, something that might get overlooked at first, um, just because his his scoring, he could, he could score from all three levels. That might get overlooked, um, but his IQ, um, Oates was very high on today in his teleconference. Uh, I think for me, uh, I'm really... I really do want to see how Keon Ellis um, fits in here. You know, Oates talked about how he's just a perfect fit defensively and offensively. Um, he had two steals a game, one uh, one block a game, and then obviously scoring uh, nearly 19 points a game for the nation's best uh, junior college program down there, Florida uh, Southwestern State College. Uh, they had a 29 and two record last year. I'm excited to see how he fits. Um, I think he, you know he's got a dog mentality. And uh, just, you know, a guy who was very efficient this past year, 40% from three, 54% from the field, um, you know. And, and, you know, the reason why Nate Oates' style is so great for fans is because 
this is modern basketball. This is shooting the three. This is, you know, up and down. This is hard nose. This is the basketball. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of, to me, it's a mixture of, you know, um, the new age of basketball where the three is obviously, you know, taking a lot more than just a two because the efficiency is just not there. And, you know, just a couple more feet away, you're going to get another point. And then also the, the old school um, toughness and just grit. So I, I love that. And I think Keon Ellis is a great fit. I'm, I'm curious to see how Darius Miles, um, how he develops. Uh, you know, Nate Oates talked about how he reminded him of a guy named Jeremy Harris who we had at Buffalo. And the very next thing he said after that was, well, you know, Jeremy Harris killed Arizona in the NCAA tournament. And as we all know, uh, Nate Oates, Buffalo squad, took down, I believe it was either Arizona was either the two or the three seed um, when they faced Buffalo in the first round a couple years ago when they had number one pick, DeAndre Aiden. So, yeah, very fascinating class, very good class, 18th um, by 24-7 sports and 16th on ESPN. Joey, let's go ahead and get into the all saving era Bama Central draft. I kind of wish we had Chris on here, too. We could throw in another team, but um, it's going to just me and you right now. Um, so you're gonna have the first pick. You're gonna have the first pick, and it's um, and it's just gonna go. We're just gonna go back and forth, all right. And the way it's going to be laid out is you're gonna have one quarterback. You're gonna choose one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one offensive lineman, one defensive lineman, one uh, linebacker, one defensive back, and one assistant coach. A oh, one assistant coach. Yeah, so like, so like, uh, you know, you could choose Kirby Smart or you could choose Scott Cock, you know, something like that. Um, okay. Um, and and you, can, you can obviously pick these people whenever. Uh, oh, we'll also have one flex too. So I, I was going to ask about tight ends. Are we going to do tight ends? Yeah, we'll do. We, we, yeah, we can do tight ends as well. Well, the flex though will just be a wide receiver, running back, tight end. Um, how it is in like fantasy football. Okay. Perfect. And do we um just for clarification, do we have to make these picks in specific order or can we just is it like a fantasy draft where I could No, it's you 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 can, you can do whatever you want to do. Okay, cool. Sounds good. In that case, I am ready to go. All right. Joey, you're on the clock. All right. My first pick, uh Joey Blackwell selects uh Derek Henry from the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> okay. Running back. <laughs> Joey, um, what what's why why Derrick Henry in this first one? Derrick Henry is a very powerful running back. You know, you see it, you saw his grit throughout college. He was a staple, and you know when he was at Alabama, his skills have translated onto the professional level. Uh, it might be a surprise pick, especially given the wide receiver and defensive talent that Nick Saban has under him. Um, I have to go with Derrick Henry though, just because, uh, especially when it comes to fantasy football, I love running backs. Some always have running back heavy teams. And uh, I, I would pick Derrick Henry over a wide receiver in a heartbeat. All right. I'm going to go to the outside for my first overall pick, and it's going to be Julio Jones. Uh, why not pick the GOAT uh, in, in this conversation in terms of album and wide receivers? Uh, you know, obviously physical. He's strong. Uh, he's, you know, a mismatch in the red zone. Uh, but more importantly, what I love about Julio is that he has a we versus we over me mentality. He cares about the team. And uh, and th that's what makes him so special, and it's why he's you know the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL um, because he's just he's, his catch radius is insane, amazing hands, um, and just his his IQ on the gridiron is, is unbelievable. So we'll go Julio Jones for my one wide receiver. All right, uh, moving on to my number two pick. Uh, I'm going to uh, I, I predicted that you would pick Julio Jones because that's clearly a number that's clearly in the top two. You can't you can't not pick Julio Jones. Uh, for my number two pick, I'm going to go uh, Amari Cooper. 
uh, from the Dallas Cowboys. I got to pick Amari uh, Cooper. You know, he's um, hasn't been playing in the NFL as long as, you know, somebody like Julio has, but he's already built up a good career and he's now uh, one of the highest paid wide receivers in the, in, in the league. And uh, he has a, you know, a proven track record in college that's translating well to the NFL. So he's uh, like Julio. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, um, and he's a great route runner. So I got to go Amari Cooper for my wide receiver. All right. Uh, he was he was going to be my second selection if I didn't get Julio. <laughs> if you would get Julio, I was going to probably get Amari. Um, for me, my second pick, my second-round pick, this is tough. This is tough because, you, well, you see, you've already got running back out of the way, but you could get another one for your flex spot. Uh, I'm going to take Mark Ingram. Why not take the university's first Heisman Trophy winner? Um, you know, I remember that 2009 season, how magical it was. And there was, I think he had two lost fumbles that entire season. Um, but for the most part, and obviously, you know, his ball security was one thing you could rely on him breaking tackles. I mean, the dude, it seemed like, you know, every, every, every time he, he touched the ball in the backfield, he would get hit. He would just churn something. His feet would keep moving and he would churn a negative um, play into a positive play. He did that so many times. And, um, you know, another guy who's just one of those, uh, you think of the Nick Saban era, the first, one of the first guys who comes to mind is Mark Ingram. Uh, so Mark Ingram, the university's first uh, Heisman Trophy winner. Moving on to my third pick, um, I'm actually going to draft a quarterback early. Um, I'm going to draft uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, pretty much the only choice uh, for your number one quarterback. Uh, by far the best quarterback in the in the Saban era, if not you know one of one of the best quarterbacks in the past couple of decades and on the college level. Uh, we haven't seen him proven, and he does, of course he does have his weaknesses. Um, uh, with, with as far as you know, I know some people call him brittle, but he does have the in, seem to get bit by the injury bug a good bit. But as far as a pocket passer, but also able to scramble, he's he's a you know he's a dual threat quarterback. He can you know take a hit uh, most of the time. And um, in my opinion, there really is nobody better to draft as your number one quarterback than Tua. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to the defensive side, Joey. I'm gonna go ahead and take a defensive lineman. In my opinion, his 2018 season before he uh, took off to the NFL, uh, he you know is it's arguably the greatest single season outside of Tua's 2018 um, that anybody uh, in a Crimson Tide uniforms had, and that's Quinnen Williams. Uh, I'm going Quinnen Williams from Birmingham, Alabama, defensive tackle. Uh, just you know, obviously a disruptor in the run game. He fills the gaps. Um, you know, he just he eats quarterbacks to lunch. I mean, I, I love everything about Quinnen Williams. So I'll, I'll go ahead and take a big lineman off the board now. I'll take Quinnen Williams. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to the offensive side of the ball and go ahead and draft an offensive lineman. And with that, I'm going to draft Barrett Jones. For, um, Barrett Jones is a solid center. Another, you know, like I said with Derrick Henry, Barrett Jones is another staple of the Saban era. Uh, played multiple positions on the offensive line and always performed well. Um, and that's why Barrett Jones will be um, – be a pretty high pick in my draft. Yeah, the, the best thing about Barrett's obviously the versatility. Uh, I, I like that. I like that pick a lot, man. Um, one of the few at Alabama who played literally all five positions on the line of scrimmage. Uh, I'm going to go to the quarterback. You mentioned you, you know, obviously you took Tua earlier, but you mentioned, you know, it's by far and away. I don't know if it's by far and away. I'm going to go ahead and take A.J. McCarron. I would argue that A.J. McCarron is the most decorated Alabama quarterback. I mean, he's obviously not the best talent in terms of talent, but he is the most decorated. He's got three national titles, two as a starter, uh, the only quarterback in the BCS era to win back-to-back -back titles. And uh, you look at A.J. 
when Alabama needed him the most to step up, um, you know, when they were still doing the joy, the, you know, the joyless murder ball, when they were still, you know, um, just giving, handing it off to the running back so many times, um, on, you know, on the play action, AJ McCarron got it done. He, when he was, when he was called upon, he delivered in almost every single moment. There's not really a moment I can pick where you can't, you can say AJ McCarron, my delivery, maybe A&M 2012, um, when they lost at Bryant Denny, maybe that game, but that's about it. I'll take, um, arguably, in my opinion, the most decorated quarterback in Alabama history, A.J. McCarron. For my next pick, I'm going to go ahead and move over to the flex, actually. I'm going to draft my second running back, and that would be Josh Jacobs. Um, with Josh Jacobs as my flex, once again, solid running back. He's like a, you know, he 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 he. he He's akin to, you know, sort of a, a Mark Ingram style running back, but then he's he's big, he's fast, he can knock knock people on their tails. Um, he, he's also, but at the same time, while he is big and strong, he's also very quick on his feet, and um, he's very great and I mean, he's very good in open space. And so that's why I got to go Josh Jacobs as and use my flex this early in the draft. Joey, I'm not gonna lie to you, you you stole my pick there. <laughs> I mean, Josh. I, I love Josh Jacobs. Um, my favorite, my favorite Josh Jacobs moment was obviously the trucking that took place in the Orange Bowl on the poor Oklahoma defensive back. You remember this? I absolutely remember. I'll never forget it. <laughs> yeah, that that's my that's one of my favorite Josh moments. But no, uh, obviously he's had he had a solid rookie year with the Raiders. Looking forward to see um, what else the uh, you know the Oklahoma native does in his career. Uh, I'm actually going to go to the linebacker spot, Joey. There's a lot of great linebackers to pull from, right? Like you've got Courtney Upshaw, C.J. Mosley, Rolando McClain, Dante Hightower. And uh, mine's going to be, you know, he wasn't necessarily recruited by Nick Saban, but he was He was already, he was going to be on the roster. He'd already committed at least. Um, but he made an impact every single season. And, I mean, he got – he started as a true freshman, and that's Rolando McClain. This is my favorite Alabama linebacker. Um, just, I mean, when the Nick Saban era got started, uh, you know, Rolando was one of those guys who helped instill um, that hard-nosed defensive culture. And, uh, and you know what? He might not be, you know, the greatest linebacker to come through. He's one of the best. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, 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 love, I love his game. I love his toughness. Um, I love how, you know, the, the ball's still on the field. Guess what? There's Rolando McClain with a hard hat going for that ball carrier. And uh, so, yeah, I'll take my linebacker. It's Rolando McClain. Well, you know what? In, 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 since I uh, you I stole your pick and then you just stole mine. <laughs> Rolando McClain was going to be my next pick, but um, at linebacker position, yeah, you can't really go wrong at Alabama. Uh, I'm going to draft uh, Dante Hightower as my linebacker. Um, he once again, like most of these players we're talking about, he proved himself at the college level and now he's proving himself winning Super Bowls with the New England Patriots. A solid linebacker, Alabama's you know basically become linebacker you at this point uh at least in my mind and uh, i can't go wrong with a, a many of their linebackers specifically Rolando McLean or my pick Dante Hightower yeah you know sports illustrated did a story they went down who was like running back you who's linebacker you and of course Alabama was linebacker you Joey let's uh for my pick let's go to the defensive backfield for a minute uh, another guy who I think if you ask Saban off the record, he would tell you. Um, well, let me let me say this. I think Tua would be number one his favorite player he's coached because I, I just think Saban has so much respect uh, for Tua and what he brought, just his mentality, just his attitude. Um, but I think you know who wouldn't be far behind on him on that list is Minka Fitzpatrick. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, y- y- they shared so much just knowledge of the game with one another, just passion, love of the game. And you could see that. I mean, Minka, like, you go talk to him about Coach Saban. I mean, just a, just a great mentor for him and his game. He'll tell you that. And I think Saban has the same respect the other way around. Um, and then again, you know, Minka, he's a ball hawk. He's a hard hitter. He's everything you want, um, you know, in your defensive backfield. Um, so I'll, I'll roll with the Pittsburgh Steeler here. Great pick. Uh, you know, I was going to pick defensive back as, as well. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick certainly uh, is a great example. Like the linebacker position, you have a lot lot to choose from. You have Drake Kirkpatrick, Marlon Humphrey, Kareem Jackson. Um, I'm actually going to have a surprise pick uh, for, for my defensive back, though. It's going to be D. Milliner. Uh, D. Milliner, uh, was, you know, kind of flew under the radar, but, you know, he was a first-round draft pick, and um, he performed well under Saban at Alabama, and I know that's probably going to come as a shock to a lot of people that I'm picking him, but uh, I'm going to pick him in, in my defensive back spot. Yeah, I you know, you I think I think under the radar is kind of right. I mean, he was a top ten pick, and uh, you know, coming out of uh, high school, um, he was I mean a five star recruit, um, but he delivered as well. Uh, for me, let's go back to offense, and we're gonna go with OJ Howard. We're gonna go with the tight end spot, OJ Howard. I'm hoping that the Bucks don't trade OJ um, because I want to see him in an offense with Tom Brady. Mm. For clarification, when I'm under the radar, I was more talking about, you know, he doesn't have that star power name oh, that yeah. so many outbackers do. That's that's what I meant by that point. Um, oh, yeah. But yes. I uh, get that. <laughs> once again, uh, you, you stole my pick, and we're just stealing everybody's picks, but that's what happens when you have these, you know, such a limited list of players to choose from. You know, the only other tied in pick, you know, Saban is, uh, at least in, the, in recent memory, isn't exactly known for his star tight ends. The only two names that really come to mind that were fantastic are, of course, OJ Howard and then my pick, Irv Smith. Uh, Irv, Irv Smith, uh, once again, performed very well under Saban at the college level, you know, and, um, once again, you can't really go wrong with Irv Smith. Uh, he's essentially a clone of O.J. Howard in that, you know, he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he can block, uh, he can um, contain uh, defensive ends, and so I got to go with Irv Smith Jr. Ooh, this is tough. O-line right here is really tough for me um, because Saban, Saban had so many, right? Like, he's had so many offensive linemen go in the first round. I think if Jedrick Wills gets selected in the first round, it will be the uh, – it's either the ninth or the 11th. I get the number confused. Um, but that's a lot of – that's a lot of offensive linemen to go in the first round, right? Um, but for me – Uh, He he was already on the team when Saban got there, so he technically counts as someone who played under Nick Saban for two seasons, 2007 and 2008. That's going to be Andre Smith. Uh, Andre Smith, I mean, you go – I went back, Joey, and I was watching some old games, uh, and they would hand the ball off, whether it was to Glenn Coffey or – yeah, Glenn Coffey, you know, Ken Darby, any of those boys. And uh, guess what? You, you see a big, big left tackle moving down the field. He's not moving. He shouldn't be moving that fast. It was Andre Smith mowing some defensive linemen and he getting up to that second level. Um, that's what he was doing. And, uh, you know, he's, he's still on a, he's on a Baltimore Ravens right now. Um, obviously, he was a first round pick with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with Andre Smith. I'm surprised you with Andre Smith. I I had him on my list here, but I thought that that was gonna. I thought that you would go for offensive line early and would snag and would snag uh, Barrett Jones. I had Andre Smith up there, but I was surprised that um, no mention of Cyrus Quanjo. I thought that he would be in there. He was a great offensive line. You know what? When I when I think I mean Barrett Jones, obviously, you know he's very versatile. But maybe it's for me when I think of like 
And then maybe it's because I watched The Blind Side so many times growing up when that movie came out. Like, I love that movie. <laughs> I think of the left tackle as, you know, obviously the most important spot on the line. At, I mean, the center is obviously, too, he's got to hike the ball. But um, left tackle is such a big deal to me. And uh, I had I had Cyrus Quanjo on my list, too. I also had Cam Robinson there as well. Mm. Um, I love Cam Robinson. But, no, Andre Smith, I, I think, you know, uh, you know, the most talented for sure. Awesome. Well, my final pick, I have one pick left for defensive line, and I'm really torn, actually, between who to pick. Uh, I think I'm ultimately going to go with uh, Jonathan Allen on defensive line. Um, uh, Marcel Darius is uh, second. He would be just barely beat out by Allen. Um, but I have to go Jonathan Allen, you know, of course now plays for the Redskins is performing well on the professional level, just like he did at Alabama and Tuscaloosa. So my, there's my final pick, Jonathan Allen defensive line. Well, after that, we have one more round cause we picked the best assistant we, we would want oh. on our staff. Um, but no, I, I, still, I still got my flex there, right? Like I've still got a flex to choose from mm-hmm. and, um, and this is tough, man. You know, uh, Mm, I, know you should. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's it's got to be a running back or wide receiver. So mm. um, I'm torn right now, but mm, ooh, this is tough. Give me Jerry Judy. Yes, that's who I, that's what I was going to say you should pick. <laughs> Give me Jerry Judy, uh, one of the best pure route runners we've seen. And uh, I thought the funniest thing was at last SC Media Days, you know, they somebody asked Jerry where he thinks he ranks all time in Alabama history. And he was like, oh, you know, I'm like, right. He's like, in terms of stats, um, you know, I'm up there. I'm like one or two, right? Because, I mean, he was on pace for that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and he was like, well, no, you know, when you think about it in terms of NFL, he was like, no, it's Julio, Amari, Calvin, and then me. But mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. And depending on, you know, if, if you if you fast forward in our lives a couple years, I'm curious if you ask Jerry that question now, what he would say. Um, because, you know, the, the ceiling, I mean, the, there's no ceiling for this kid. There's no roof for his potential. Uh, I really, I you know, and the draft is a week away, Joey. I hope he gets into a really good situation. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where he and Ruggs land and and. As of course, Wills and Tua as well. It should be a very interesting first round. I've, you know, you, in some of the rounds and some of the the mock drafts, you've seen as high as six Alabama players go in the first round. So, you know, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see if Alabama. You know, think I think the last count under the Saban era, the twenty nine first round picks. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if that number can jump up to some as high as thirty five. But, anyways, uh, for my final pick uh, for assistant coach, I I got to go. You know. Uh, a man who's sadly just recently left Tuscaloosa to head to Georgia and that's Scott Cochran at strength and conditioning. Um, with all these players that we have from the Saban era, you know, he's been with, uh, with every single one of them, improving their strength, improving their conditioning, making sure that they're ready for game day. Um, so I got to go with Scott Cochran as my assistant. My assistant, he recently left Tuscaloosa two years ago, and that's Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, you know, he left after the 2017 season, and uh, and I talked to Will Lowry about this on a couple episodes ago. Is Jeremy Pruitt the one saving assistant who he hasn't been able to fill the hole for? Um, you look at the defense uh, production, it's gone down since Jeremy Pruitt's left. Um, and uh, I love what Jeremy Pruitt's doing at Tennessee. Um, I think, you know, just his knowledge, just his ability as a recruiter as well um, was fantastic for Nick Saban. He was able to um, recruit a lot of those first-round picks on the defensive side of the ball. Um, 
and develop them into the picks that they became to be. Uh, so yeah, Jeremy Pruitt for me, and you know, there's people out there who um, think that Jeremy Pruitt one day could be the next head coach at Alabama if Saban, uh, when Saban retires. I don't know about that, but there are some people out there who do believe that, just given his ties to the state and ties to the program, obviously. Um, but there you guys have it. That's our AlabamaCentral.com uh, all Saban era team. Drafted uh, draft first ever one we did. Joey Blackwell, I'm just going to run down your team right now. Derrick okay. Henry, Amari Cooper, Tua Tagovailoa, Barrett Jones, Josh Jacobs, Dante Hightower, D Millionaire, D, D Millionaire, uh, Irv Smith Jr., Jonathan Allen, and uh, Scott Cochran would Sorry be your assistant. I do say um, so myself. <laughs> uh, and then my team would be Julio Jones, Mark Ingram, A.J. McCarron, Quinnen Williams, Rolando McClain, Minka Fitzpatrick, O.J. Howard, Andre Smith, Jerry Judy, and my assistant would be Jeremy Pruitt. So, uh, great, great man. I don't – who do you – okay, you line up these teams right here. Um, you know, if this is your team's nucleus, who's winning, Joey? Uh, gosh, that's – I. you know, I <laughs> – <laughs> I'm kind of lost for words because I'm sitting here trying to think of the two rosters. It would be a close one, you know. It would be like an old school, um, you know, you know, slugfest probably. Uh, you'd have Tonga Valoa versus McCarran, so you'd have a, you know, a 100, you know, pocket passer with some scrambling ability in McCarran, but then you'd have the versatility of Tua. Um, wide receivers, you know, you would have two wide receivers, so you'd have a mark. You well. Uh, you would have, of course, Julio Jones and Jerry Judy, which is not a bad combination at all. Um, I would have the dual running back threat, though, of uh, of Derek, of both Derek Henry and Josh Jacobs, which you know you never your defensive line would never get a break from that. Um, but you know, once again, my DBs have a, be in big trouble looking at your uh, you know McCarron combo with Julio and and. Uh, and um gosh uh judy so it would be interesting that's for sure um i think i would give my team just a slight edge um but but that is an incredibly incredibly biased take of myself plus i had the advantage of the of the one number one pick so <laughs> see i thought you were gonna draft tua uh number one on there so that's why i was like okay he's probably gonna go tua and then you know i'll be able to get henry and julio but you know what you pulled a fast one on me <laughs> I assumed you were going to pick Julio first, um, so that's why I, I I had a I had a contingency plan in place. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey Joey, this has been fun having you on here, man. Doing this a little hypotheticals, I love it. Um, hope to have you on here soon. Make sure you guys check out the site every single day, BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated source for all things Crimson Tide. Uh, news, information, photos, you know, just lists. We're having a bunch of lists right now. Our editor, Chris Walsh, is doing top 10, you know, top 25 linebackers, centers, wide receivers. I mean, he's, he's going to have them all. We're going to have them all throughout the quarantine. Um, so make sure you guys are staying safe and staying healthy. And uh, thank you again, Joey, for hopping on here. All right. Anytime, Tyler. Appreciate it. And to all you guys out there, be sure, like, you know, like Tyler said, stay safe, stay healthy. Don't go out unless you have to. Be sure to wash your hands. Thanks again, Tyler.